Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Growth Perspective F episode four. Today, we have Cooper Lowe with us. And Cooper was the first person that I met when I went to Logan and uh, went to Utah State. So that's uh, pretty exciting. Um, D- Cooper, do you remember where it was we met? Yes, I do. So I met Jesse at Olive Garden. So I'm a server at Olive Garden. And it was like, mm, I don't know. Was it in the fall? It was in the fall. And it was a couple days before the first day of school. And I believe right. Jesse was coming up for Aggie Blue Leadership Conference and Connection. So it was like a day before that. And I served their whole, his whole family at Olive Garden. All, was it six siblings? Do you have five siblings? Six? Uh, I have I have three siblings. There are six of us at the table. So. Oh, okay. Whole family. Sick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, met, met Jesse there. Great and cheese on his pasta. So that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome because uh, yeah, like you said, I was going up for Aggie Blue, and which is a awesome, awesome leadership conference that Utah State has, and um, and he happened to be speaking at Aggie Blue as well, and so or at least presenting and yeah. being a part of it. So right. yeah, so we we got chatting about that and. And we, we got to make that connection. So yeah, it was I gave awesome. Jesse a shout out on the stage. I remember that. He did. He did. And uh, that was, was a special moment near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Cooper, um, we, so we've chatted a little bit. We've seen each other around. Um, but personally, we don't know each other super well. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is going to be fun for me to get to know you a little more and come to see what it is you're you're hoping to do hoping to accomplish and um some of the things you're doing now so this is this is awesome i'm excited sweet me too so let me start out by asking you what uh what did kind of your your childhood early days look like what did you spend time doing what was the family doing where was the family just tell me a little bit of your uh, fetus growth life Okay. Uh, one word, baseball. My family was all about baseball. Ever since I was a little kid, my, my brothers and I always hitting, we even hit, you know, bunches of socks with baseball bats. Um, my family, I grew up in um, Las Vegas, Nevada. I was born actually in Henderson, Nevada, which is part of Las Vegas. Not many people know that. So I just always say Las Vegas. Um, but I grew up there until uh, f- I was eight years old. And like I said, our, our world kind of revolved around baseball. It was a very much a part of, of everything. And I played t-ball, played baseball. I had a really pretty, you know – privileged and very you know awesome upbringing really I had both parents in the home which is awesome to have and uh we we were very much grounded in our faith uh, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and that kind of laced itself into into my younger years of course and so that's that's kind of my early childhood uh, a lot of what I remember was you know, spending time with both parents, um, working alongside them and doing different things. I was always helping my dad with the landscaping outside. 
my mom was the school teacher, so we always went to school. Took us with her, and my dad is a firefighter, actually. And so both, you know, kind of not really office jobs. They're really kind of up, up and about jobs, uh, really all over the place and connecting with people. And so I think as a, as a young age, it was, it was cool to have parents that were doing those active sorts of things. Not that, you know, having an office job is bad, of course, it's probably where I'm going to end up, but uh, (laughs) that's kind of my childhood. And then going, I moved to Utah when I was uh, eight years old, like I said, and uh, I had a hard time transitioning to moving to Utah. Uh, I found it hard to make friends, especially with, uh, with boys my age. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how in-depth you want me to go, so I, I'll Bro, just keep going. I'm, I'm ready for all the depth. Okay, perfect. Um, and so I, I feel like it was hard for me to make friends. Uh, as I moved to Utah, I moved in second grade and it's not that I had a really established friend group. I had a few couple really good friends back in, in Las Vegas, but I was interested in baseball and interested in sports, but it definitely wasn't like the thing that I loved. It wasn't your life. What was that? It wasn't your life. Yeah, it was not my life. And, you know, at that age, I feel like that's kind of a, a, you know, a way a lot of times people make friends is, you know, boys will let's, you know, play all these sports and that I, I liked it, but it just wasn't me. I was kind of more creative, I guess. I drew a lot. I, and I, yeah, I drew a lot of things colored kind of more like the artsy stuff. And so, uh, kind of hard to relate there. I did make a couple friends in elementary school and then slowly like I just made friends with people in my neighborhood and in my ward, uh, my you know, religious congregation. And they kind of started to become my lifelong friends. And I'm grateful. And they, too, were very much into sports and things like that, um, which was great. And I think as you get older, you kind of, you know, go a little bit away from you know, maybe talking about growth, this is kind of maybe something that I've realized is that I feel like uh, when you transition from being a child, you kind of focus maybe more on those, those kinds of things, those physical things. It's like, oh, I like sports or I like makeup. I like these kinds of things. You know, I feel like that's, and then it transitions into more as you get older, deeper things. It's like, no, I like my friends because they, you know, we have the same sense of humor and we we enjoy the same things we enjoy you know kind of deeper things we connect on an emotional basis so i feel like i was able to make better friends later in life because my interests like didn't play as much of a role okay uh, and that's kind of how it was heading into middle school and then later on up into high school um yeah i i i can keep going unless you have any questions that you know, pertain to these certain parts of my life and growth. Yeah, man. Well, um, I guess one thing I have to ask for you, it, it sounds like, I guess, middle school is kind of when that less, um, maybe like friends through hobbies was less of the focus and more friends through humor and through, you know, whatever social attributes. Emotional connection. Right. Yeah. So how, how do you think that changed 
uh, middle school is maybe where it started. How do you feel like that's evolved from then to high school to now? Yeah, so I feel that, um, yeah, like I said, hard for me in elementary school. Middle school was was still – I was trying to find my place a little bit. I – I still middle school is a different. I started to make friends toward the end of end of elementary school, but middle school kind of adds a whole different element: puberty, <laughs> and, so, and like people are different. Like I don't know. I feel like you, you, fifth grade you start to kind of figure things out, and then all of a sudden everyone's bodies are changing and everything, and then everything gets different. And everybody gets like middle schoolers. I'm terrified of middle schoolers. Like I don't know. It was it was interesting like it was really fun but i remember i had bullies in sixth grade i had bullies in seventh grade i had bullies in eighth grade there was always you know bullying going on and i think it's getting better in the world but but it was it was hard at the time like i i just remember being called and you know like i talked about how i wasn't too much into sports you know that kind of transferred to you know being called all these different things like oh you're feminine which isn't a bad thing necessarily but like they use it in a derogatory way or like you know you're a preppy mormon kid blah 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 all these things and it really was hard for a long time and some things were got physical i remember getting balls deliberately thrown at me in gym when it wasn't dodgeball it was basketball thrown at my head and things like that and i think that that was really formative to me and i kind of made a resolve from that point that that I would, I don't know, just having that experience really helped me later on because in high school, there were still people battling these kinds of things and battling uh, insecurities within themselves. And and I was able to tell them that I've been there before and I was able to have a you know soft spot for that. And I'm really grateful actually for those times, even though it was hard to be bullied and things like that in middle school. It really helped me a ton in high school because when I was being bullied, I was not the cool kid. I, I didn't, I, I had friends that were cool kids. I I met people. I felt alone in those times. I met different people who maybe weren't the conventional popular kids. And I feel like I really expanded my network of people because of my experiences. And later on in high school, that, that was the same thing. I, I was, not averse to talking to all types of people, maybe people that were considered, you know, weird or whatever, um, or not conventional in, in any sense. And so, I don't know, I had a soft spot for those people. And, and so I made that resolve and I brought that into my life that I would be, you know, always be somebody who would be a friend to somebody no matter what and never judge them for, for what they do. Um, but maybe rather judge who they are when needed, um, but not judge them for what they do and to help them through and when things get, get hard. And so, you know, high school, you, that I brought that with me into high school and I was able to connect with people on a more emotional level. And, and I finally found kind of my niche. I, I, like I said, I played baseball still actually through all of this time. Uh, I paid up until my freshman year, actually, but I was kind of like, you know, I did like it. And actually looking back, I kind of regret not playing all years of high school because I feel like I actually could have done it. But I actually quit after my freshman year because I didn't feel like I was going to, you know, make varsity go, you know, higher, uh, you know, improve. It wasn't something I was super passionate about. But 
I did run for student council when I got into high school. Uh, I ran in middle school too, but I never won in middle school. Um, <laughs> so that's another thing is that I, I do have a few losses under my belt in terms of, of student government. And that's one thing. I mean, I, th- I think Jesse, were you on student government? If I remember correctly. Yeah, so I was my sophomore year. Um, I, uh, I ran for student government, um, my ninth grade year, our ninth grade was at the junior high. Uh-huh. Uh, um, I didn't make it then I was seventh and eighth grade for me were kind of probably my most awkward years. I had come off of one year. (laughs) Like they're pretty awkward for everybody. Right. Yes. Um, But uh, in sixth grade, I was homeschooled for just that one year. Uh And so I had come from fifth grade. I, I kind of felt like a cool kid, even though I was super weird because I just (laughs) talked to everybody. I would just like, I'd go talk to football kids and I'd go, play basketball at recess all the time and I talked to the girls and I talked to like I was just talking to everybody and then sixth grade comes along and I don't talk to anybody for like a year and I come back to seventh grade and had lost all fifth grade social skills let alone seventh grade social skills did you go to this back to the same school um so it was like the next school up right so oh um, yeah because middle schools yeah okay right yeah, so it was the middle school. So seventh and eighth grade were pretty rocky years. But um, so I ran at the end of eighth grade, didn't make it. And then ninth grade, I just decided that I was going to kind of change just who I was and find more confidence and kind of be able to make more friends. And, and so I was like, okay, ninth grade is my year. And uh, I, was, I was the captain of the volleyball team. And so I made a bunch of friends that way. And go. then I, uh, I tried out for the tennis team at the high school. Um, and so I met a whole bunch of people at the high school through that. And so um, I just, ninth grade was kind of my blossom year. And then I ended up running for, for sophomore class president my sophomore year and did that. Um, but I didn't end up running any more years after that just because yeah. I was doing theater at the time. And it was so hard to do theater and anything oh, else. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, if you do theater, it ends up taking up all of your time. And, um, well, and get, so my... I was going to say, I'll yeah. get to that later. I actually delved a little bit into theater, but I talked about that. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, yeah, man. I, I'm excited to hear about that. I'd love to hear what, what shows you did and what you're involved in and stuff like that. But I think... It was, it was kind of in high school for me, it was the shift. It started sophomore year with being like, I, I was one that kind of did everything in high school. Yep. Like I did a ton of music, a ton of sports, a ton of theater. Um, Ditto to that. <laughs> yeah. We're getting to it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and so my sophomore year was kind of like, I tried to do literally everything and realized, okay, maybe I can't do everything. Yep. In my junior year, I tried to do a whole bunch more theater, but I didn't end up making as many shows that I, as I had hoped. And so I ended up focusing more on tennis, which is what I played all growing up. Yeah. And I ended up playing a whole ton of tournaments and just getting, um, getting a ton of points through Utah. I ended, up, um, I ended up 
ranked pretty well in Utah at the end of the year, um, which was which was super cool. And so by the time my senior year came along, I still did the musical. But once that was over, I was pretty much like, OK, theater, you were you were a good friend, but it's time to part ways. Yeah. And and just focused on I I was in charge of half the school. It felt like even though I wasn't in student council. Yeah. And um, and so I just focused on being in charge of stuff and um, being tennis captain and stuff like that. So it shifted a little bit, but I definitely think it started with my ninth grade year and just me um, between ninth grade and 10th grade, just like it was my goal to just talk to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, by getting that good start, it kind of led through high school and I was able to um, just meet lots of people and make lots of connections. You know, you had it figured out right from the beginning. I think the people that I always thought, you know, the people that were talking to everybody, not just the quote unquote cool kids were the cool kids. <laughs> and so you had that figured out at a young age, which is, which is awesome. And I don't know. I think it's, I think it's interesting. Like we're so young in life. It's funny that I don't know anybody listening to this is like, Oh, it's funny, you know, talking about high school and middle school, but you know, where we're at in life, I mean, I only have 22 years of life under my belt. Like that has been, that has been my formative years. And if you talk to anybody, talk to my parents, talk to, you know, my wife, you know, anyone, they'll call on like my, my, my parents are what in their fifties, they'll call on experiences from their younger that help shape them. It's a very important time. And I feel like that's where you get a lot of who you are is actually in those years. Well, it's yeah. worth talking about, you know. That's what I think. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, I uh, I follow all these business pages on Instagram. And so many of them talk about how um, if there's, like, if a young person has an idea, like, don't try to shove that idea aside. Because they know so much of, like, what's upcoming and what's going to be successful in 20 years or whatever. And so like, I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely planning on interviewing people who are, have a few more years than maybe we do. But um, like, I love to hear from people our age who are like, whether or not they found whole tons of success yet who are at least trying to succeed in whatever aspect of life it is that they want to. Um, I love hearing from them because, you know, we all have a little different view on life and we all have come from slightly different things. And so there's something we can learn from everybody. And, um, and it's, it's just, it's cool to see um, as, as fun as it is to listen to um, quote unquote old people <laughs> and hear them talk. I, I love it. I love hearing stories, but um, just hearing from people your age or remotely close to your age, like it's just cool to see what they're doing and um, to find motivation through um, lifting each other up and just seeing, seeing what ideas people have and what their goals are and stuff. Yeah. And I think that like, honestly, I, you know, going back to the time frame we're at, I, you know, high school, I, I, I started to love that. I started to love that, you know, my experiences, who I was, I could bring that to other people and then I could relate to them and that I could, you know, 
learn something about them and take something from them into my life. And that started to become kind of my mantra. And I really, really tried to be that. I ran, so I found my niche. I, I loved that, you know, student council let me be social and do things, you know, for the school, do things for other people, serve other people, put things on that make people happy. And that's really what drove me through high school and even later on into college. So I ran every year of high school and I was actually fortunate enough to win which is great. Um, and I think a lot of times people have the mental image of a student council kid and it kind of gives them a bad taste. And I really, really hoped I was, hope I was not that. I hope that I, you know, walked the walk and talked the talk. I think that's a problem you see a lot of times, sometimes with leaders in, in, in certain positions is that they are nice to you, to your face, but they may not be nice to you in other ways, or they may be, just telling you what's good to hear, but they really aren't putting any action behind it. You know, a myriad of myriad of things. And so I hope that I was able to be that um, for people. So I think one question I have for you is um, you kind of talk about walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, or what, what to you do you feel like makes a good leader? What does it mean to walk the walk as you talk the talk? I mean, one, I feel like being right down and doing the tasks with the people you're over. Um, and then if, if you want to translate that to an everyday sense, because uh, we're not all in, you know, positions of leadership, so to speak. But I think uh -huh. that being with, if you, so, so from a leadership standpoint where you're, say, you're in a conventional situation where you're a leader of a group of people, I think it means being right down there with them, working with them, and associating with them on their level, not, you know, I'm here, you're there kind of way. I think that is the best kind of leader is, is one that is, is still, you know, is somebody they go, someone that you can go to because you need leadership and you need to be led in a certain direction, but they're still working alongside you and have the same goals as you and want to do the same things as you. And, I think uh, it's it's there's a name for it too, it, it, servant leadership. You know, one that serves who they who they're over, one that works alongside of who they're over. I think that's huge, and you know, bringing that to an everyday standpoint because not everybody is in you know a leadership position. Uh, they don't have mm -hmm. to be to be a leader. I think that translates to being there for people, you know, through thick and thin. I'd say that being a leader is somebody who is who is able to, you know, serve them temporally. I don't I don't know the right words. This kind of sounds like religious words, but like temporally as in like, you know, giving of things that they have or giving of things, talents that they possess too as well. You know, the soft skills, giving them a shoulder to cry on, giving them, you know, somebody to talk to, have deep conversations with, giving them, you know, of somebody that someone can bounce ideas off of. I think being an everyday leader is that is, you know, being personable, relatable, but also knowing your boundaries too. You can't be, you know, Mr. You know, I want to talk to everybody all the time. I'll get to that later when I talk about college um, because it overloads your own self. And then you start to lose, lose that ability to be a leader when you're overloaded by so much leadership esque things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's perfect. That, that last comment especially is um, 
that's something that I definitely learned my senior year is like uh, with some of my closest friends, I just I have this joke um, where it's like uh, we took this video of all of them saying not my blank president, not my blank president. Because I, I seriously was the president of a lot of things my senior <laughs> year. And it was super fun, and I was super busy, and I loved being busy. But it was so busy and so many things that I was in charge of to the point where so many things kind of got the short end yep. of the stick. And so, like, it really does come down to, um, like you said, where a good leader doesn't overload themselves. Mm-hmm they figure out how to delegate and they figure out how to, um, you know, like not that they can't take on lots of tasks, but they, they limit themselves a little bit to where they can put their whole heart and soul into the tasks that they are doing. And so that nothing ends up falling Mm -hmm. short or getting. Yes. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I, um, you know, going into high school, I, began that I began that uh, I had that mantra I didn't play any sports my sophomore year of high school um, I just did student council pretty you know involved with that I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty time intensive yeah. thing uh, and then classes on top of that and then junior year I decided to play tennis actually so I, I yeah yes! I tried out, well, my school was so small that there wasn't even tryouts for the tennis team. You could just show up and get on the team. We were not good at all. It's okay, though. Uh, it doesn't matter because I learned how to play tennis, which is cool, and it's a lifelong sport. And I got to meet some people that I didn't know before and add you know, more people into my life that you know, made an impact on me. And then my senior year, played tennis again. Uh, my friend, my really like, best friend, played with me as well. Um, I got him, conned him into playing tennis. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then I also did the spring musical my senior year. So I was doing – and I was also involved in a couple different clubs. I was in FCCLA, which is Family Career Community Leaders of America, which is a very female-dense club. I was probably – I think – well, I was – the only, there was three males in it all together, which is pretty great for me, but uh, – Kind of fun. Uh, so I was involved in the, some, you know, smaller things in addition to in addition to that. But I did the spring musical. I I found myself, you know, with instant counsel, I started becoming friends with people that were involved with theater and drama. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. And I actually had my two friends. They were girls. Their name was Shandy and Abby. They came over and they coached me with my audition. They're like, okay, this is what you need to do. You go up there, you say your name and the piece you're going to sing. And I sang uh, "Seize the Day" from Newsy. Yeah. So uh, that was awesome. And I I uh, got a call back actually. My first audition ever ever in my life. I've, I never had auditions for a play or a musical. Um, we did a play when I was in seventh grade, but it was like with my English class and it was like not, you know, it wasn't something we voluntarily did. We like had to do it. But right. This was voluntary and I did it. I got a call back. I was like, holy crap. And I had no idea what was going on the whole time. Everyone like grabbed their script books and they just started like, you know, acting out the lines. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And then you pair up in these small groups with people and you run through some of the like scenes. And I'm just like, 
I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's probably why I didn't get any like major positions, which is totally fine. I was like, I want to be in the ensemble. I'm totally fine being in the ensemble. That's what I wanted. So, but I, so I didn't get a, a big part. I did have a cameo part though. Um, I had some lines in the end, which was really, really cool. And I'll never forget it. I even said opening night, I was like, this is more of a rush than like any sport I've ever played. This is great. Um, and that was, that was awesome. And that's like what it's all about. And that's why I did what I did in, in high school. And, and then we can move on to college, but that's why I love it because it's just such a, it's so many different things that it just molds you into more of a well-rounded person who can relate to more people and who can have, you know, because you've had those experiences, you know what it's like and you, you've been with these people that are involved with these different things. And it, it's just great. I just loved it. It was, I did musical I did was uh, how to succeed at business without really trying. No way. Yeah, that's, I did that my year. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I did. That's crazy. Did you have, did you have a role in it? Like, yeah, so I played uh, Mr. Gatch. Um, yeah, so just minor. Um, nice. supporting role but, Wally um, yeah it was, yeah you were so I, I, I was basically yes. ensemble the first act and I was in a lot of the ensemble right. um, a lot of the ensemble numbers and then the second act I was so I wasn't in the ensemble numbers and I appear again at the end so well, you know, Wally awesome. Whopper, he's the one that comes in kind of like Trump like fashion and he's like I'm gonna fire everybody Exactly, and then uh, Finch is like, "No, no, wait, we're yes, all in a brotherhood." Yep, I sang "Brotherhood of Man." That was my little solo. That was yeah. so fun. We, I don't know, my directors. Sorry, get off on a tangent for a second. The directors at my school, they went all out with that number. The choreography was awesome. Actually, Finch like did a like back handspring into our arms, and we like did a lift you know, to end the number. That was amazing. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So, <laughs> anyway. Oh, man, that is that's so that's funny. Crazy. I love same that. Same musical, same year of school. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that crosses off one of my questions. <laughs> what musical you did? Uh, how to succeed in yeah. business without really trying? Um, I guess my second question is... Um, I guess you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I feel like um, in high school, they tell you to be involved, do all these things. And, um, and then you go into college and at that point, like nobody really cares what you did in high school. Like they tell you to not put high school stuff on resumes and like all sorts of stuff like that. And um, like you talk to people and like whatever you did in high school, if you're not still doing it, it, doesn't yeah. really matter right and so um and a lot of the things you do in high school that don't necessarily strictly pertain to whatever career or whatever your life goal is and so what do you think um are some of the biggest benefits of doing these different things for, yeah. throughout high school um i think it just it it helps you to to talk with people 
I think it helps you to talk with people. It helps you to relate with people. It helps you to have time management skills in general. I think, like you said, you said it really good yourself your senior year. You had so many things on your plate. And I would assume that it helped you to, you know, I need to do this at this time. I need to do this at this time. And then sometimes people go into college or go into, you know, and I, I believe, Jesse, you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So um, that is correct. I, sometimes people go into the mission field as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they don't have those kinds of skills. And I think that it's huge. I think being involved in high school, it doesn't necessarily help you from a, on paper. You know, it kind of does. It kind of When you first get into, into college, you will be able to write some of your high school experiences on your resume, and it'll help you to get jobs and things like that. Yes, it does. But, but you're right in that it doesn't directly relate. It doesn't necessarily – but I think there's a lot of these soft skills that you pick up uh, in doing these things in high school that really I still use. I still call upon some of those things. One of the things – I did yearbook. I completely forgot. I was on yearbook staff all four years of high school too, and that taught me a lot of like technical skills in terms of design and things like that. And so – just adding on all these experiences, as many things as you can, it really in the long run will help you no matter what it is and where, where it's going. Like, obviously you don't want to, you don't want to allocate your time to things that don't matter or you're not passionate about, but every little thing that you have time for that you're passionate about that you can do, I feel like you should do because I feel like you learn skills along the way that, that help you in other, other areas. Awesome. Yeah, I, because uh, that's, you know, looking back at my high school, I'm like, man, I did so much and I had so much fun. But like, now I'm in college and people are talking about internships and like, like talking to companies around the country, around the globe. And I'm like, I haven't done any of that. All I did was play some spike ball and, uh, and do a few musicals, like, um, but you know, I, I think, um, whatever it is I choose to do is my actual like vocation in life, uh, which I have no idea at the moment. Um, but, uh, w- whatever that is, like, I know that I like making connections with people and I like, um, I like doing stuff like this. I like being able to just sit with somebody and kind of hear their story and, and just talk and have a conversation and, um, get to know people on, on a little oh, bit more personal amazing. level. Oh, so, this is like the highlight uh, of my week so far. So, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I'm glad you're you're hopefully enjoying it and not just no, just definitely. pretending for. And for that <laughs> you know what you said there. Uh, going in, so so kind of lacing my life story, whatever, into what you're talking about. I went on an LDS mission right out of high school. So much can be said about, you know, what you learn in terms of growth on, you know, an LDS mission. I could go on and on. That could be a whole nother podcast. (laughs) That's why I'm only going to say that. I learned that you grow fast. You need to grow up fast. Like if anything, the mission taught me that you just need to grow up fast and you need to do things like you just, you hit the ground running. Your mission is completely like you're blindsided by so many things that you don't know how to do. And, and that's okay. 
And I think that's what I learned. The biggest thing about it is like growing up, you're going to be blindsided growing, growing up, growing anything, anything that's related to growth. You're, you're going to be blindsided by a lot of things, but you just take what you know already and you apply what you kind of know. And sometimes you do have to like, there's truth in the fake it till you make it um, <laughs> phrase. And that, that's what I'd say the most about my mission, you know, aside from, you know, a bunch of spiritual, more spiritual subjects. That is what I learned a lot from my mission is that growing sometimes needs to happen really fast. And if you, even if you don't have all your ducks in a row, you have all your pieces set, you're still, you're going to be fine. You just gotta, that's, that's how you grow actually is the, the not knowing. And then once you've gone through it, then you do know, see, you've grown. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, so uh, where did you serve your mission? In Wisconsin. I, uh, the Milwaukee, Wisconsin mission. The Wisconsin, Milwaukee mission. That's how they say it. And I spoke Spanish there as cool. well. That's awesome. Which is not what I was expecting Spanish. at all. My whole life I've been, you know, enthralled by Asian culture, especially Japan. I was like, this is where I'm going to go. The Lord knows me. And then I was like, and then, nope, I'm, you know, Spanish speaking in the U.S. But honestly, even more like now, like in college, just the fact that I know about, you know, Latin, Latinx culture or Latino Latinx is like Latino Latina. It's like the gender neutral term for it. Um, right. Now that I know about it and can respect it, I've been able to, to grow a lot of relationships that way. Um, even today, today's Cinco de Mayo and a lot of people don't, a lot of people think it's, you know, Mexican independence day. It's actually not <laughs> Mexican independence days in the fall. I believe it's in September, October. But uh, Cinco de Mayo is the day when Puebla, just one city, was uh, they they gained independence from France. France was, you know, they were at war and they finally gained independence from them. So it's a little thing; it's part of a bigger thing. But anyways, that's beside the point. I just, I just, I guess I'm saying that you know, you know, these mission these mission experiences helped me to also be, you know, relate with people in another way, and then therefore grow in more ways as you, you learn about more people in your life. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, definitely like I, so I've had my mission papers in for nice. a little over two months now. And yeah. And uh, we're still, we're still waiting and we're, we're practicing some things. And, you know, we'll, uh, hopefully a call will come soon um, with me being type 1 diabetic and technically high risk. I don't know what the plans are. I don't. Um, so I'm just kind of going with the flow right now and kind yeah. of taking it a day at a time. So we'll see what happens. But hopefully I'll leave sometime soon and, and figure some things out while I'm out. I, I'm sure I will learn and grow a whole ton. Um, but you know, I'm, I am also glad that I waited a year and went to school and, and was able to meet a lot of the people that I met and kind of figure out kind of how school works and how college works and what to expect. So, um, I think that was definitely good for me. So college for you, where you went on your mission first, what 
Um, what was that like jumping in to school, having been basically, I, I mean, I don't want to overgeneralize things, but I guess just being a missionary for two years where you're doing less school, you're still studying lots, doing scriptures and that sort of stuff. But how was jumping um, back into school after that? It was, it wasn't as bad as I think, I don't know. A lot of people have uh, very different experiences with, you know, adjusting, coming back from a mission. But I, I did not have as much of a, I mean, maybe I was weird to people and I didn't think I was, I probably was, I was a little bit weird. But um, for the most part, it was pretty easy to jump back in because I feel like my whole mission, I, I was myself still, if that makes sense. Like I was, I brought in my experiences and, and my skills that I learned in high school into my mission. And then that transferred into to college with my mission experiences added on top of that. Um, and I think, you know, I grew a lot in terms of, you know, living alone, I think as a missionary, it doesn't actually really, that's not like real living by yourself. If I'm being honest, like I think college is more of a, more of a real indicator of like living alone and taking care of yourself than your mission is to be honest. Your mission almost to me seemed more like a stepping stone to college, which is more of a, you know, separation from your parents and more of a separation from, from, you know, really living on your own. Um, and I didn't struggle too much with that. I really went into college with kind of the same mantra that I had in high school. I I tell people all the time that like I wonder what you were like in high school. And I was like I was really quite similar. Like I was definitely more mature when I was in college. But people ask me, and I'm like, no, I'm basically I'm kind of the same. My humor is actually kind of the same. My this is kind of the same. Um, I was a lot the same as I am now. So that's kind of cool. Um, but kind of your question what you were saying about you know applying for these internships and people talking to all these companies really struck my attention the most i uh, my freshman year i wanted to get you know right right on and involved in the different things like i was involved in high school so i went to events i got involved in student events i got involved in the service center that they have up on utah state's campus i got involved in fraternity sorority life because i felt like i really wanted that close bond with people the same gender as me, I think it's important to have, you know, even when you have a steady, you know, significant other husband or wife or whatever, I think it's important that you still have those relationships with, you know, people that are the same gender as you. So I really wanted that. Um, we could get into the details of that if you want, but, um, but I, I took those experiences and I brought those from year to year. And now I'm going into my senior year of college and I, those experiences are invaluable. I think in the classroom, I, I'm realizing that a lot of the stuff that I've learned in my higher level classes at Utah State have started to become repetitive. It is, it is, um, you start to, you start learning the same things over and over again. You go through generals at the beginning and you feel like you have all these different subjects. It still kind of feels like high school in a way because you still have like English, you have math, you have all these random things you need to take. But as you get older, it's like you're learning all these things and you're refining your skills and you're learning good technical skills. But I thought it was interesting that you're like, you know, where does all these experiences that I had taken? I feel like I just played spike ball and did some musicals. Um, those soft skills are like invaluable to employers. Uh, if you can show in an interview that you know how to talk with people and you know how to relate with people, that's something they can't teach in the classroom. 
You know, you can't learn that from economics 1500. You can't learn how to talk with people. You learn about economics, which is important. But if you're, you know, not doing these other things, if you're not delving more into your hobbies and your interests and your passions, I don't know if you'll be able to gain those same sort of social skills and the same sort of soft skills that a lot of companies are looking for. So this past year, you just came off of being the uh, student events vice president at Utah State. And so um, what, what was kind of your journey leading up to that? How did you end up with that position? And then um, how, um, what did the year kind of look like for you? I mean, the end, it didn't end quite as um, probably as you expected. Um, but what, what did the overall arch of um, getting the position and yeah, uh, so being in the position. Like I said, like. I, I really grabbed the bull by the horns, which is funny because Utah State's mascot is the Aggie, which is the bull. Um, I, <laughs> I was, you know, the people that I worked around this year, <laughs> they knew me my freshman year and they were like, you kind of, that you kind of gave off, this is how they described it. They said crackhead energy. Um, and that's, that, you know, translates to I was crazy and would talk to everybody and was bouncing all over the place all the time. And I and I really, you know, wanted that. I was kind of like, let's I want to get to know everybody. I want to have um, all these experiences and different experiences and get to know all these people and stuff. And I, I applied for Blue Crew, which is like the uh, for Utah State. It's for events. It's like the social media marketing promotion team for all the events on campus. And so. I was on Blue Crew my freshman year and my sophomore year, and I was over Blue Crew as the student events vice president, which is kind of cool. Um, and then my sophomore year, I got involved in another part of events, activities committee is what it's called, and they plan the big ones that everybody knows about, the Howl, Mardi Gras, and end of the year bash. Um, just in small ways, I got involved in these different committees, and, and I loved it. It is like been, I still love it. I'm still, I'm on a committee this year, even coming after a year of being in charge of the whole thing, I'm coming back as a committee member as a senior because it's just so fun. Um, you get to be creative and you get to do things and you get to use a lot of money to make things that people are happy about and that they love. And, and it's amazing. That's kind of why I picked the career field I'm in, marketing, is because it's all about relating to people and making them happy about their product and, and relating, you know, promotional things to them. I'm still trying to figure out what, you know, exactly I'm doing in that field. Um, I'm, I'm kind of zeroing in on it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's – I just – I fell in love with it. And I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to be – helping out with events. And so the student events vice president position is the guy that's in charge of the office that puts out all of those different events. Basically they're the kind of administrative, they make sure the directors are doing everything that they're doing. Like the directors are more the planners, the student events, the vice president kind of takes more of an administrative role. And they also represent student interest in the executive council. So it's like student council in that we vote on policies and we propose policies that will help students. And so that mixed with that, I was like, this is great. So I ran at the end of my sophomore year. Um, 
and USU elections are tough and tiring. And when you have school in the mix of it, it's just really hard. I think I got like a 60 on a test during elections week, just cause it's grueling. It's nothing like high school. Um, you know, you're, you're instead of maybe a thousand people at your high school, you're trying to campaign to your campaign to 17,000 people at, up at Utah state. So it was crazy, but so worth it. My year was hectic. Even my thought, I, you know, like I said, taking the bull by the horns, I started to realize that I was taking on way too much. My sophomore year, I even realized that. Um, and then when I got into this position, the student events vice president, I, I had a lot going on. I was doing also leadership within my fraternity. And then I had that too, fall semester, and it was just too much. And once I got out of that leadership position, my fraternity, some time opened up. But even then, the position just consumes all your time. I had a part-time job. I was student events vice president taking, you know, a full schedule of classes and it was a lot. And I, it was sad to see the way it ended. Um, it kind of came at a time where it was kind of nice for a second. I kind of got a break from, you know, all the constant events going on on campus, but it started to get really sad. And I, I think it finally set in that, um, it said in that the, that we weren't going to have any more events that year, and that was kind of sad. And but you know, I we did online events, and that was fun. And I don't have any regrets from the position. And it was hectic, though. Like I said, you start to you start to lose a little bit of yourself in the things that you love doing. Sometimes I think when you overload with yourself with things you love doing so much, you start to even lose some love for the things you love doing and you start to lose some of yourself in the process. And that's not what it should be. Um, and so I learned that balance in my sophomore year and my junior year, definitely that balance is key. Yeah, I think, no, uh, balance is key in pretty oh, yeah. much anything you're doing in life. Right. Like, um, like I, I definitely like a silly example with food is like there are foods that yeah. I just love and I feel like I could eat all day every day, but then you start eating those all day every day and all of a sudden those foods don't seem as good. And so it's just good to add, have a healthy balance and a widespread diet and and you also, you know, you don't want to be eating food all the time. If you're eating food nonstop, yeah. then you're like, no, I don't want any more food. But food is so good and it's so awesome. And That's I don't know, it makes me happy. Analogy. I love that, actually. <laughs> I'll use that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you're studying marketing and that's your plan. Um, when did you decide marketing right from the get-go or when, when was marketing so, what you wow, kind of good um, fell um, into? I was actually declared, before I went on a mission, I was declared a communications major because I was like, well, <laughs> I like communicating with people, so it makes sense. And then I was like, cool. Um, and then during my mission, I actually met somebody who talked about one of their jobs um, that they had within the marketing field. Um, her job was 
creating advertisements for companies and she was more of the research the researcher she did research on where people's eyes you know travel on a page you know when a commercial comes up or when a web page comes up where do people's eyes go what you know she did research on what people were thinking did surveys on people and what they were thinking and what was appealing and what wasn't and so she was the one that conducted that research and then and then from there helped create ads that that are not only you know visually appealing not only you know represent the company but are also like psychologically sound that makes sense to what the human brain does and so i was like holy cow that's really cool i think she had a minor like in psychology with her marketing degree um or something like that and that intrigued me a lot and that's actually the reason why i switched my major to marketing before right before i came up to my freshman year so i've been marketing the whole time i was actually business administration and marketing up until recently but i dropped the business administration degree to be a little bit more um specific with my major which is what my my uh advisor in, uh encouraged me to do so yeah, that's the story. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Um, you know, uh, there, there's just a little part of me that hopes on my mission, some messenger from above comes and is like, hey, I loved doing this. And then <laughs> part of me is just like, oh, I feel like I will love that too. Um, I don't know for sure. Um, one idea that I have zero idea how I would implement. Um, but kind of how I talked about earlier, I like, I like hearing people our age ish stories. And, um, I like to, I like to see people succeed and see people want to succeed. And so, um, I've definitely thought about, um, almost like having my own leadership training where like, kids age like basically high school to sophomores in college or so around that age um come and they they meet in a group and you all like i i don't know there's lots of specifics to work out and um but just basically helping people network and give them to the tools to succeed and help them realize that they can succeed and that you know like it's okay not to know everything yeah. from your first day of high school, you know. So I I have no idea how it I work. Or... I have a I have a friend what? that is going into human we'll resources. Uh, it's a business major. Uh, it's within the business school, and mm-hmm. a lot of what human resources does. He he. The reason why he went into it is because he wants to be like a recruiter or like a trainer in a company that like trains new employees or recruits employees or recruits, you know, whoever. Um, and, and he, he does it cause he's a really charismatic and social right. person. And I think that, you know, having a human resources degree could be helpful. Also education would be, you know, it sounds like education, human resources could be some things you could look into for if you want to do something, something of that nature. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I hear about, like, HR departments 
all the time, yeah. but I it, it, don't really know what that entails. Really. So sometimes that's definitely be down in the nitty gritty and dealing with right you know, problems, conflicts between employees and employers, and there's a lot of different things. But yeah. Huh. That's awesome. Um, I think uh, we're yeah. pretty close to wrapping up here, but one more question I have for you, Cooper, um, is uh, so you just recently had yeah, um, it's your May first, first wedding, wedding, wedding anniversary, correct? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. What a, right. what, a <laughs> what a day to have your anniversary on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess easy to remember, at least. <laughs> um, but I think um, my question for you is, now that you've been married for a year and you not only were married and had to figure out marriage life, as well as um, being the student events VP and all that stuff, how has um, marriage life been different and how have you had to adapt um and kind of change your schedule yeah, so it was funny right before i got on this podcast my wife was like you better talk about me on that thing a little bit I'm like, of course. um no i <laughs> talk about you know of all the things that i've been talking about really marriage probably has been the biggest growth you know thing of growth or the growing up or the growth like you just it, it's it's you literally are incorporating someone else into your life every day. You're with them 24 seven, obviously not when you're working, etc. but you're with them basically 24 seven. And it's interesting. And you, you learn different things about them and you have different things that you do. You're not going to be the same exact person. And you, it was, it was interesting, you know, even when you're engaged, there's always somebody there that's kind of holding you accountable to what you're doing and what you're, where you are. And it, and it, it was a hard for me at first because I'm kind of the person that goes places and doesn't tell anybody that I'm going there and doesn't answer my phone or answer my text when I'm there um, hanging out because I just don't, you know, want to be on my phone or whatever. Um, and I was kind of that person and I'm, and I still am that person and my wife obviously knows that now, but I, I'm definitely more, you know, communicative in that way. But that was one of the things that was hard. And just, I think, you know, having somebody else there all the time really was something to grow for. You had, you know, you're, you're, you're in a way taking care of them, you know, your their family is entrusting you to be, you know, one that takes care of them and is, is, um, always going to be there for them and, and they want that and they're expecting that from you and that vice versa. So that was, that was definitely somewhere where I had never, never walked into before and talk about hitting the ground running. You, you never know all these things that come with marriage when they come up and you just kind of have to have, be loose and have fun with it and, and realize that you're growing together. And um, I think that's the best thing is, you know, having that communication and having expectations set before helped a lot with us. And we just, we have such a good relationship because we know what each of us are interested in, what we put importance on, and we're always there to support that. Um, so learning support, learning communication, um, 
And yeah, learning support, learning communication, and really those two things ha- are what I grew with the most with marriage. And, and, and then having another person that's keeping you accountable and that you're accountable to them as well. Um, it's an amazing thing. It really helps anyone grow. And when they're ready for it, don't, don't be afraid to do it. <laughs> that's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like, um, I, a lot of people have very different opinions on marriage and when to do it and, um, what it means and all that stuff. But, um, uh, marriage for me is definitely like, that's an important part of my life. And, um, uh, obviously I'm planning on going on a mission first, but that's definitely like something I hope for. And, um, and want to do sooner rather than later. Um, and I think a lot of these things, um, going back to, um, you know, like things you do that don't necessarily directly pertain to whatever it is your vocation might, might be. Um, you talked a lot about accountability and setting expectations and, um, you know, whatever it is you choose to be involved with, um, I think there's going to be some accountability involved. And so um, I think that um, whatever it is, at least for me, like I feel like that's helping me to prepare for the real accountability that is there in a marriage. Like that is just about the most binding contract that you can make in life is with a spouse. And so um, you're definitely going to have to be accountable. You have to be ready to commit um, and, um, and not not to scare anybody, but um, because I, I'm not married yet. But um, from everyone who's happily married, um, that's it. It just adds a whole new oh, realm of possibility for it joy is, and happiness in your it's, life, it's which is awesome. Amazing um, to have somebody uh, to go through everything that I talked about you know, growing up in life, you get to go through experiences like that, but you have somebody there with you that you can talk about it with and that you can go through it together and that you can get to know them and know their experiences and, and love them more and find out why they do the things they do. And it's, it's amazing for, especially first year marriage had that happen, you know, often just, you know, finding out about her background and what she has gone through and why that has shaped her to be the person she is and how we can be, you know, a force for good together. Yeah. So awesome. Well, Cooper, as we're um, nearing the end of this podcast and uh, I've been awesome to kind of see um, some of our similarities and more than, yeah. <laughs> more than I would uh, would have thought at first, which is super awesome. And uh, and uh, but I think my one more question for you is: in moving forward, um, I, I guess like you don't know exactly what's happening with marketing per se, but I guess I'll just open it up to anything you've got going on. What are what are some goals you have moving down the road? And then. Um, I'll, I'll say I'll save the next question. So yeah, what are what are some goals that you have? Like, what is it? What is it you want to do? What is it you want to accomplish? 
um, whether it's it can yeah. be small so goals, right now, it's goals, what are you, what are you working towards right now? Um, it's great because it it helps financially. Okay. Uh, right now, and um, it's been closed because of the coronavirus, but it's opening back up here with the slow opening of things. So I'll be going back to work on Thursday. But um, I'm looking in the meantime. I'm looking for just jobs that are content creating based. So creating content through social media, through advertising, helping create campaigns that you know overall campaigns that a company is using to promote a product. Anything of that nature, I am, you know, all ears and I've been applying for jobs, you know, in that and I haven't gotten one yet. And also jobs have been really slim if the job market right now is is kind of rough in a lot of ways. Um, so I'm going to stick with Olive Garden for a while, hopefully try to get a job towards the end of the summer that I can just take into my take into my fall semester because I have one more year at Utah State and then um, just work part-time. And then while I'm, you know, in the fall, make some connections with some bigger companies that I can get a job right after graduation with. Um, and I'm really looking toward the entertainment and event marketing aspect of things. I, I really, the one condition I, I'm having right now is that I really don't want to be business to business marketing. So what that means is I really don't want to be in marketing for, let's say, a software program that companies use to help other companies. That just really does not get me fired up. I mean, if I have to do that, if I, you know, if that is a good opportunity for me and a good internship or a stepping stone, um, I will do that and I'll give my, you know, whole soul to that. But that is not what I want to end up working with i want to work with things that are you know being marketed directly to the customer i love normal everyday people i really um hey you know on campus a lot of times the business school gets a bad rep for being pretentious and whatnot and and i don't believe that i don't think that the people that i have in my classes and my professors are really down-to-earth people but i think the business world in general sometimes does have that you know cold-heartedness or that, uh, you know, money, money, money type of mindset. So it's kind of interesting that I'm going in the way of business, but that's why I want to uh, market to consumers is because you're not, you are not dealing with, you know, necessarily money or necessarily big companies and big business. You're dealing with individuals and what their needs are and what, what you can provide to them to communicate how a product, how something can fulfill those needs or make them happier. So that's really the route that I'm going. Um, yeah, I don't have any specifics in terms of companies. I've, I've always wanted to work for Disney. I freaking, I love Disney. Um, I might do an internship program with them, potentially. I might, <laughs> I, I applied for a Real Salt Lake a job with marketing and fan experience for Real Salt Lake, the, bas uh, the basketball team, the soccer team in Salt Lake. Um, things like that really intrigue me. And so that's kind of the route I'm going down. Um, there's entertainment, sports, things that make people happy. And if not, you know, restaurants, grocery stores, hotels, like that is the marketing that I want to be involved in. That's awesome. Looks like maybe you don't have companies per se, but you've got a, you got kind of a roadmap yeah. and you know what you want to look for and what it is you hope to do. So, awesome. Well, my last 
and that's another one comes spurring to my mind. But my last major question I have for you is, uh, uh, I think um, this is a good question. Um, I like to ask a lot of people this, but um, if you had all the time and money in the world and um, like those two things were no issue, how would you fulfill your time? How would you um, feel fulfilled yourself um, and feel like your time uh, that is now endless well, is, now, um, is well spent? I would, first thing that came to my mind is I would travel. I would travel everywhere I could to get to know how people of other cultures and people of this world also see things. And I would want to help them, you know, in the process. But a lot of times, you know, people in the world, I think this is kind of an interesting mindset maybe to have. There are a lot of people in need in the world, but sometimes people, we perceive that people are in need but it's really just part of their culture. It's just part of what they know and what they live. And so I wouldn't want to go around changing the world necessarily, but I'd want to go and understand the world. Um, that's what I'd want to do. I'd want to go. I've been watching YouTube videos recently of people going to places like Bangladesh and Africa and North Korea. I don't know if I'd want to go to North Korea, but um places like that i would really want to just go and be with the people and and then also with that you know you have those places but i also love to see beautiful places like not that i'm saying those places aren't beautiful there are very beautiful spots in many of those places i mentioned um but i'd also love to go to those places that are quote-unquote touristy um as well and i think just seeing the local people and learning about them and you know, if i had all the time in the world i'd love to and the money, I'd love to take my wife and do that and my family and just have them be well-rounded world travelers um, and know about all, everyone that there could, could be to know about. <laughs> Sounds maybe a little cliche in yeah. some ways, like travel the world. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, I think that you know that as cliche it is, as it is i feel like there's a reason that it is so prevalent and so many people want to do it because um i mean as you get to go and travel these places and uh, i like how you said um you want to understand other people understand other people's cultures and um and so much of um why i would want to travel the world um and it, not that i won't but is is for that so that I get to um, just kind of see how other people live and um, and what it is their lives look like because as um, as far reaching as my white LDS <laughs> growth at the age of nineteen has been there's so much of the world that I have no idea uh, I, like it's almost like I don't know what I don't know, you know? And so, um, yeah, but I love that. And then like you could even use your marketing in some way in these travels as you go to different places and you learn about people, you learn what makes these people happy. And you're like, huh, okay, well now how can I help market 
whatever it is to these new people? And how can I help market whatever it is? Just, you know, like almost your worldwide, um, and, and not that it's going to be the same all around the world, but you'll be able to then make connections with people everywhere. And, you know, like that's, that's something that I think is invaluable is just making connections with people and, and, um, being able to yes, learn from people and that's, uh, that's come to great. understand. I actually people. really love what you said about finding out what makes them happy. Um, in certain parts of the world, I think that marketing would be fun in the U S but you know, other places of the world, if I know something that can make their lives easier, I think that's awesome. That could be, you know, another route to go down. Well, Cooper, thank you so much for joining me. This has been such a pleasure. Yes, of course. And I, uh, super I think this is amazing coming on the show. I think that so. just hearing about people's stories in and of itself is growth. You know, anybody listening that gets to hear different perspective on things will therefore go and grow from it every time. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Cooper, thank you so much. Um, if people want so to find at, you on Instagram yeah, or wherever, Instagram, where, uh, where can they look? And that's the same for Twitter. So, yeah, if you want to do that, if you want to follow me, go for it. Yeah, awesome. Well, Cooper, we appreciate you. And listeners, if you're still hanging with us, we appreciate we appreciate you as well. And I hope you guys have uh, learned something from from Cooper and from what he has to share. And he's he's definitely a man who's gonna achieve a lot in his life. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys can learn from him. And we Thanks, appreciate Jesse. you guys for tuning in. We will see you next time.